You're listening to the John Clark Cast, formerly the Private Practice Workshop Podcast. My name is John Clark. I'm a licensed therapist and a brand builder, marketing consultant, and a guide for therapists trying to build a better business without all the overwhelm. So glad you're here today. I hope you enjoy the episode. Let's dive in. All right, guys, here we are. Got a couple of quick announcements for you coming up in October. That's going to be October 20, uh, crap, October 19th (laughs) is the Get Seen Summit live in Philadelphia. That's going to be an event that I'm co-hosting with Katie Keatsmay, Ernesto Segismundo, and Uri Guilford coming up Friday, October 19th the Get Seen Summit. It's the first and only digital marketing summit for therapists. It's going to be great. Um, My session is going to focus on uh, clarifying your message and getting it in front of more people and harnessing the power of Google, winning it at the Google game, uh, as I like to call it. So uh, I hope you'll meet me there. Um, Early bird tickets um, end in two days, so you can get a smoking hot deal um, between now and the next two days. Otherwise, um, you'll end up paying full price, which is also okay, but um, you might as well grab those early bird tickets. We're going to be doing a free webinar tomorrow also um, to promote it. So two addresses for you, and we'll put these in the notes, getseensummit.com for the main details of the event. That's getseensummit.com. And then the free webinar tomorrow is, uh, you can go to this link at thejohnclark.com forward slash get seen webinar, thejohnclark.com forward slash get seen webinar for the webinar coming up tomorrow, Tuesday, August 14th. <laughs> Had to cheat. Um, last thing guys is, um, Basically, after I got back from slowdown school and realized the value of true community, I decided I wanted to build more community um, within the work I do and around my brand. So I did that. So um, basically, out of nowhere, I launched two groups um, and that made up the first two groups of the new business made human community. Um, So the level two group um, is already filled it filled up instantly. Um, The level one group has a few more slots open. So I'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in joining the group, you can go to thejohnclark.com forward slash work with me, all one word, thejohnclark.com forward slash work with me to apply. Um, These are small, intimate cohorts, uh, mastermind slash coaching groups where we will meet, you you will meet as a group with me every single week um, for an hour. And if you're hearing noise in the background, that's because I'm in Paris, France, in a tiny little Parisian apartment. And if you hear French, that's why you're going to hear some French um, whispers through the door. Hopefully not whispers. That would be so creepy. But um, some French mutterings or shoutings or um, crying French babies. And you can probably tell just by them crying that they're French. Uh, more More on that soon. Um, 
the business made human groups um, f- have formed really, really quickly. The level one group is for folks who are uh, a little bit earlier in their private practice, are still working toward getting a full caseload, uh, figuring out what's working for you in your marketing, getting clear in your message, etc. The level two group is for uh, higher level clinicians that have achieved some success in their practice. They've got some good marketing in place that can be better. Um, they figured out some effective ways to get clients and they're looking to take their business um, to that next level and to maintain uh, a life while doing all of it. That's the idea of business made human. Um, the other aspects of business made human and, and kind of the ethos of these groups is that it's affordable. It's really, really affordable. Um, and that's, that's very intentional. So if you've been wanting to uh, work with me for a while and, and wanting to join a community for a while, then this is a good place for you to do that. Um, but it's about building a business that makes sense for your life. Yes, we we will tackle all of the technical this and that that we need to tackle, like how to do a meta description for SEO. Um, but more importantly, we're going to get to you uh, and make sure you're building a business that feeds you and that makes sense for your life. Um and we're going to be real with each other. That's another part. It's not going to be just a place to get answers and anxiously get back out there and plug away. Um, it's it's about um, it's about it's about real connection and being a part of a community. So, um, level one group still has a couple slots left. Level two is completely full. Um, level three is in the works already. I didn't plan on doing a level three already, but it's already happening. That'll probably launch later September. But um, level one group launches August 30th. So I'm, I'm connecting with people right now and approving their applications. Um, so if you think you might be a fit, you want to be a part of our community, you want to feel less alone, you want to get a handle on your marketing and your systems, um, then this is a good, uh, a good place for, uh, for you to be. So let me know. Thejohnclark.com forward slash work with me. All right. Um, here I am. I'm sitting on the floor of this tiny Parisian apartment, and I'm here for a couple weeks. Um, I haven't been in Paris for a while. It's been four years, five years, six years. Who knows? Um, it's been a while, and this trip has been pretty wonderful so far. I'm on day three, so I'm just getting over that jet lag and uh, starting to feel somewhat normal again. I went for a run today in a park, and that was nice. Um, my observations of Paris so far are that um, things are certainly changing. There's uh, the, the stereotypes uh, of Paris that people are rude, that customer service sucks big time, um, that everyone smokes, um, and that French people are stuck up. Those are the stereotypes. And let me see if I can break some of those down. Um, I'd say about half the people still smoke. So that's pretty true. I was sitting there in a cafe last night having a beer and I was like, I might as well be smoking. There are people smoking on either side of me and you know, you're huddled around these tiny, cute little tables, but you're also like under this awning that is basically like a smoke box, <laughs> uh, like unintentionally. It's supposed to protect you from the weather, but it really just holds the smoke in. So everyone's breathing. Everyone's like slightly exhaling smoke, even if you're not smoking, you know, <laughs> Uh, like like it looks like you're cold out, but you're not. Everyone's just breathing in and out uh, uh, secondhand smoke. So that's fun and that's real. But yeah, I was just sitting there beside these people and I was like, I might as well just, I don't smoke, but I'm like, I might as well just smoke a cigarette at this point, you know, get the full effect. Um, 
but but I didn't, but I did have that thought. So I'd say less people smoke now, but certainly it's still everywhere. It's a very French thing to do, and they, people look so French while they're doing it. That's the thing. They, they, everyone looks like they're in a movie, you know? And, uh, and, and in movies, they have people smoking just for the cinematic effect, because it just looks, you know, it looks dramatic, it looks sexy, and, um, you know, kind of badass, I guess. So, um, so that's still true, but, you know, to be honest, the first few days, at least, and eating at a lot of different restaurants and cafes and, and getting, drinking a whole lot of espresso to survive, um, people have been pretty friendly, you know, um, I would say, especially compared to my first experience in Paris, it's, it's quite a bit different. Um, even people in stores and whatnot, like, um, they are stereotypically kind of, um, I don't know. They just, they don't placate you like they do in the U S and that people aren't fake nice. Like they're in the U S I think part of that is, is really cultural. Part of that is also they, you don't tip here, which I kind of love. Um, but also because you don't tip, people don't really have to try harder because <laughs> they're going to get paid the same no matter what. And we were hanging out with some, um, some of my wife's French friends and I was like, okay, um, give me an example of when you would tip. Like it just, I know you don't tip much, but when would you tip? And she was like, mm, let me think about that. Never. <laughs> or she was like, if someone went way out of their way or like took a bullet for you, like if the waiter took a bullet for you, basically, um, then you would tip. And I was like, wow, okay. Well, that works for me. That makes it super clear. And I was like, well, what about cab drivers? And she was like, absolutely not. Never. Like, even if they took a bullet for you, you'd still be like, mm, thanks. Here's the five euro that I owe you. So <clears throat> that cleared it up for me pretty well. Um, but yeah, I mean, people have just been, people have been great. Um, and I think it also depends on where you are, you know, in some of the more touristy areas, um, I've had some of those more stereotypical experiences where, where, um, people are just kind of rude or whatever, um, kind of grunting all the time. That's a very French thing to do. Um, but other than that, other than that, it's just been great. It's been great. And it's been nice to be, uh, nice to be away you know, it's always a bit different, uh, stepping away. And, um, for me stepping away, it forces me to, in terms of work to focus on only the, the most important 20%. Talk a lot about that 80, 20 rule that 20% of your efforts pr- produce 80% of your results. So in a week like this, and, um, and when I'm away, I'm here for about two weeks. Um, it really forces me to focus on the important stuff. So today it was waking up, um, filling out this application for a new payment processing thing that we're using, um, and then doing this episode and that's really it. And then I'm going to go on with my day. Um, so it's about figuring out what's most important. I think stepping back sometimes it helps you figure that out. Um, if we sit down and go, okay, well, I've got nine hours ahead of me. You're going to find stuff to fill that day with, you know, um, I think I've probably talked about this before, but the idea is, is called Parkinson's Law. You can look it up. Um, but it's basically whatever gap exists, we will make that task fit that gap, right? And this is a, a classic example would be like, you know, if when you're a student and the teacher is like, well, you have a six page paper due in two days. So you make that task fit that gap. On the other hand, if she goes, you have a six page paper due in three weeks, well, guess what? You you tend to make that task fit that gap. So it ends up being a three-week paper. Um, we do the same thing with our work. 
you know, so if I sit down and go, uh, I'm going to work for an hour and a half today, then what happens is I, I find the most important things to do and fill them up. Right. Um, or if I go, well, I'm going to finish my content calendar in an hour or something like that, then I'll do it versus I'm going to finish it by the end of the week. Then I'll drag it out. You know, we just do that kind of unconsciously. So I, th- I think about that a little bit for yourself, if I were you, in terms of what are the gaps you're giving yourself. Writing a blog post is a good example and one that therapists tend to waste a whole lot of time with, trying to get it perfect, trying to write 2,000 words, you know, these really long posts and um, treating it like an academic paper. And that's just not the point. You know, you need to give yourself a much smaller window. You need to set a timer for 20 minutes and go, I'm going to crank out 500 very imperfect words um, for a blog post. And and when this 20 minute timer goes off, then I'm done or or whatever, you know, so give yourself um, smaller spaces to fill. And I guarantee you will make your task fit that. Either that or you just won't do it and you'll go, well, um, you know, that wasn't worth doing or that's if I 80, 20 my business, then then that's not part of that 20% that's going to yield 80% of my results. So um, that's that. All right, what else? <clears throat> Let's see. So I, I just, I talked for a minute about this idea of community and how for me launching the two, the first two business made human groups was all about community. That was something that I really, um, I realized after my time at Slowdown School that in this world and in a lot of my work and in this digital world, I, even though I'm connected, the irony is, you know, I'm connected with thousands of therapists and even through this speaking into this mic every week, I'm connecting to thousands and thousands of therapists. Um, but it has to, the, the times where I feel really connected and inspired, um, are when I'm in community with therapists. And so I think being at Slowdown School and being in person with all you amazing therapists, some, some of whom are listening, um, it really reminded me of that. And so I thought, wow, I, I need to kind of loop back around and, um, and focus on building community around this work that I'm doing. And as I did it, the response has just been amazing. You know, I made a couple Facebook posts about it and got like 17 people who messaged me right away. And that pretty much filled up the level two group and part of level one. Um, and so, you know, it's just people who've just been going out of just like reaching out um, with enthusiasm and without hesitation and joining the groups without hesitation. So I think on one hand, it, it meets a few needs. Again, the, the technical side of people want answers. They want to get unstuck quickly and they, they know that I can help them do that. So that's great. But the other part is just feeling less alone in private practice and realizing a lot of us come from full or part-time jobs or agencies or, you know, college counseling centers, whatever. And we take that community for granted. We take it for granted, even though we loathe the water cooler talk when we're there and we're working our jobs and we get annoyed at our coworkers. Then when you're gone, you don't have them. You really start to miss them, right? Or you get in this routine of just going to work, seeing your clients, going home and feeling like something's really missing. And even though you can have some colleagues nearby, just, it's just not quite the same. So, um, for me, it was about building that community and starting with these two groups and having it be a community that meets every single week. Uh, what tends to happen with the groups that meet every other week is that if you miss a week, 
then you end up going for a month without seeing each other. And that's just a long time. A lot can happen in a month. So um, it's going to follow a similar format as my own mastermind group, actually. I'm in a group of, um, of men, and uh, these are men of all different industries and types of businesses, and they're, they've done much bigger things than I have ever, ever done. Um, and that, I, lo- I love that. I, I love having those people around me. Um, but that group meets every single week and you really have to show up. You have to be committed. You have to be there for that hour. And, you know, the reality is if you can't find an hour to commit to a group and be a part of a community and work on your business and offer things to other people, then you probably got bigger problems, you know? So that's, that's just what I think. And there were some people who applied to the group and like, Oh, that's a lot of time, the time commitment. And it's like, well, there, there are a lot dumber ways to spend your time in private practice and you're probably doing them, you know, maybe that sounds harsh, but I just think it's true. You know, it's like if you can't find an hour to work out or 30 minutes to, um, take a jog or something, then, um, you've probably got bigger problems or there's something blocking you from being able to find the time or choosing to find the time, I guess, or waking up 30 minutes earlier. So I guess, I guess what I'm saying, and I'm just thinking out loud here is I just don't really buy it, you know, for the people like, Oh, it's, it's a lot of time. It's like, well, yeah. And your business is your baby. Your business is like your child. And, but you can't find this extra hour to like really take care of yourself and do something that's ultimately going to help you raise this child of yours. So, um, anyway, I just, that, that kind of struck me, I guess. And the reality is like, we'll always find excuses to not do the next thing that we need to do. And I could have found the excuse to not join this mastermind group of my own. Cause it's an hour a week. Cause it's, um, it's an added cost. Right. And it's like, well, I need to get the ROI for that. And yes, that's true. But also the psychological benefit for me of belonging to a group of business owners who are just like me in their own respective industries, industries and going through the same thing as me is, is golden. That sense of universality. And we know that from group therapy. Um, those of us that do group therapy or have studied it or study Yalom, that sense of universality is a big part of what help makes people get better, right? It's not the interventions themselves. It's not just the, um, like here in this group therapy, we do a worksheet it's really about the shared, the sh- making shared meaning and that sense of universality that even though I struggle, I see other people struggle in the same ways and that makes me a little less alone and that makes me a little stronger and um, better able to solve my own problems. I think that's also what group really provides. So yeah, I just couldn't be more excited. And, and I, my vision is that these cohorts will, will learn and grow together and will grow. So like the level two group will eventually kind of become a level three group in a way. Um, and that cohort and their businesses, those relationships will form and really solidify. And over time, that group will just keep growing together and you can grow with one another. That's just such a cool idea. Um, and I definitely wish I had something like that when I was starting out in private practice in San Francisco many years ago. And then even in, in my current work and in, in working mostly building these online businesses in addition to running my group practice. So, um, you know, I come from a community-based background. In fact, when I got my master's degree, the, the program was called community, what was it? Community mental health counseling, something like that, or community, a master's in community counseling. And then um, the year that I joined, they had just changed it. It was some KCREP 
nonsense, I guess. They changed it to clinical mental health counseling. So I have a master's uh, and an EDS, educational specialist degrees in um, clinical mental health counseling. So things moving more clinical, more toward the medical model. Um, but just just a semester beforehand, it was still called community counseling, community-based counseling. You know, and that's really the work I grew up doing and doing in-home work um, even when I was an undergraduate student. And I would go and work with um, severely um, uh, mentally ill folks with schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder and all sorts of um, kind of intense things like that. And I would go and work with them in the community and help them learn how to cook or how to ride the bus or whatever, whatever they needed. So, um, and there was a sense of community there, you know, and there was a sense of a team of providers kind of wrapping around these people and really helping them and, 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 you know, trying to help them be a part of the community. So that was, that was a cool part of that as well. And I think the risk is, you know, sometimes in both the treatment we, in, in our treatment of clients is that we don't see them in the full context of what, of, of, of their problems and of their environment. Uh, I think LCSWs tend stereotypically tend to do a better job at this because they kind of think in systems, you know, so they see, they see symptoms in the context, um, and, and driven by systems and environment a lot more than I would say stereotypically LPC is like myself do based on our training. Um, so, but anyway, just kind of coming from, from that that lens and same thing in San Francisco of like really building community around the people we were working with and even with one another, it's just, that's just absolutely huge, you know? So, um, that's what we're aiming to do with, with business made human. And so far it's been a hit and I'd love for you to be a part of it. So that's that. All right. How much time we got? Man, 20 minutes flies by. Hmm. I must be having fun. I've gotten some really cool feedback lately, I will say. Um, and part of it is from as a result of the rebrand and launching uh, thejohnclark.com, the new website. But I've just gotten some cool messages from people saying things like, I really resonate with the business made human concept and that tagline, that, that whole idea. Um, people have felt like that part's really missing. And especially as we get more more technical, there's more places on the internet to kind of get lost as a therapist and try and trying to find answers and trying to find community and trying to pe- find people who'll be real with you. Um, so that's, that's always a line that I'm walking is between this line of like a digital marketing kind of person, online business entrepreneur, and also knowing that a lot of those folks tend to be overly fake or using gimmicks like watch how I can scale to six figures in 30 minutes click here now. And then they're like waving their hands around really big, which makes you click more statistically, (laughs) like, you know, waving their hands in front of the camera so that you click, um, little gimmicks like that, you know, that, that do work, but also I think they erode the trust that people really want to have with their audience. I'm going to drink some water and my foot's falling asleep. Podcasting on the ground for the first time. It's doesn't. It's not really my thing. I'm just not that kind of. Oh, my foot's totally asleep. I'm not that kind of yogied out person who can sit on a little tiny cushion and be like, "Oh, this is great for me. I love this." No, I'm very tall and my foot falls asleep instantly. Apparently, and I just get whiny, and I don't like it. 
I like chairs, okay? I'm just going to say that. And that's part of me being real. Um, but people have given me a lot of that feedback about feeling like I'm I'm real and they appreciate that with me. They appreciate that about me. So that's been super rewarding and um, very redeeming, you know, in, in this, this year, this past year in the journey of um, growing into this work full time of helping therapists. And now the work that I used to do with therapy clients has really been replaced by the work I do helping therapists. And it's been amazing, but also like, again, like reaching thousands of people, um, the, the temptation is to become something else or to become something kind of fake or to become whatever you think the market wants or what, what works, the marketing gimmicks. So I'm trying to make an effort to continue, continue. <laughs> I'm trying to make an effort to not stutter for this whole podcast, you know, just this whole episode being one long stutter. I'm trying to make an effort to just be more real and not trip over my words. Um, it's someone else had said um, that they, they really appreciated that I wasn't like kind of showing off, I guess. And there are people who will use their income as a, a way to build uh, authority. Here's how much money I made, or here's how much money I made in a day, or with an e-course, or whatever. And so you should trust me and follow me. You know, and again, it works. It works for a lot of people, but someone had said they appreciated that um, that even though they know that I make uh, I make good money in my businesses and and know how to how to make money, um, they that I wasn't kind of showing that off. So that was that was really nice for me to hear. Um, they also just gave me feedback around like having a clear message and this idea of business made human being really really clear. Um, so that was cool as well, given that a lot of the work I do is to help therapists, um, clarify their message and, um, clarify that message before they push it out there into the world and get all this web traffic, you know? So, um, it's just, it's just been really cool and really humbling for me to look back and see this journey of becoming an influencer in the industry and how I kind of got here and, kind of retracing my steps to go, Oh, how did I get here? And uh, my life looks very different now than, <clears throat> than just a year ago, especially, or two years ago for that, for that matter. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just grateful and I'm grateful that you're here. I made a joke in episode, an episode, a couple of the, a couple episodes back of like, if you're still listening, you're a true fan. And I had a bunch of people be like, Hey, I was still listening. I'm a true fan. I'm like, Oh, thank you. That was just me dealing with my self-consciousness for just going on and on and on and battling this part of, of me that goes, no one cares, dude. What are you talking? It's quit rambling. Shut up. You know, you're just rambling and you're stuttering. There's that critical inner critic that was going on and on. So that was really cool to hear people being like, Hey, I'm a true fan. I was still listening. Even though you kept saying, if you're still listening, you're a true fan. Um, so that was really cool. Um, all right. I had two other points that I want to talk about. I'm going to check the time. 26 minutes. That's my show. I can do whatever I want. You know, um, there's this idea I, that I do think about a lot and I think about it while I'm here in Paris and a lot of people have reached out and be like, Oh, you're so lucky. You're the luckiest dude in the world. And I am, I'm very, very lucky and very fortunate. And I've intentionally built businesses where I can own my time. That's just the reality. So I just want to point out this difference between like being rich versus being time rich. Um, and Tim Ferriss in the four hour work week, we'll talk a lot about this. I'm going to make a note of that four hour work week, put that in the, um, the show notes. 
have my producer put a, a link to that book. That's an amazing book. That's one of my kind of Bibles of, of this work and business building and, and, and lifestyle businesses. But um, just this idea of being, uh, being rich versus being rich in time. There's a lot of people who are rich, but to be truly rich in your time is a whole nother ball game and something that a lot of people really miss the mark on. And now my foot is entirely asleep. And I feel like if I move, I'll knock the mic over or something. Yeah, something catastrophic like that. Okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna deal with it. Doesn't help that I'm wearing skinny jeans. That'll that'll also do the trick. So sitting on the floor Indian style in skinny jeans is the perfect storm for at least uh, one one sleepy foot. <laughs> one sleepy foot. All right. And then the last, the last thing, guys, um, I wanted to talk to you about what I'm seeing and kind of visualizing as the three pillars of marketing. And I know we're making a bit of a pivot here, but that's okay. Um, you know, I, I spend, I spend a lot of time just helping therapists get more traffic to their website and that's great. But I've also realized that there's so much more than that. We have to, we have to nail these other parts of kind of the sales funnel. Um, these, these other kind of pillars of marketing. So I was thinking about that this morning, kind of framing this out, but um, these are this is what I see as the three pillars of marketing. Number one, clear message. Number two, right audience. Number three, um, your ability to close a deal. So that's kind of the sales part. So again, number one, clear message. Number two, right audience. Number three, closing the deal. Yeah, closing the deal. I'm going to change that. Closing the deal. Look how I'm just casually typing during this episode so I don't forget. Um, that says a lot about me too, because I would forget. Um, I focus a lot on number two, right, in the past year. Just getting a therapist struggling to get more clients, given that that's, again, to me, the number one threat, the biggest question uh, that therapists have in their business. How am I going to get more clients? So let's let's get more people to you. Let's get more people to your website, right? Boost your traffic. Okay, we can boost the traffic. We can get 100 more people a week to your website, just making up a number. But if the if number one and three aren't addressed, then it does nothing. And I've seen this happen, right? So you've got an unclear message, meaning clients, you've struggled to describe what you do in plain language and in a compelling way. Um, and you've struggled to tell people, you forget to tell people what to do next or where to click, or how to get in touch. Um, so you screw up number one, or you screw up number three, which is you do number one and two, you have a clear message, and you get in front of the right people, but then number three, you you don't close the deal. So maybe someone's not answering your phone at all because you're in session, you haven't hired someone yet, or you have hired someone, or it's like your cousin, which is what I hear a lot, <laughs> or like someone's younger nephew, like, oh, he can, he, he'll answer the phone. And he's like at the video game arcade answering your phone for you, you know, <laughs> he's like, uh, compassionate, uh, counseling and, and wellness. How can I help you? And he's like a teenager hanging out with his friends at the bowling alley. You can hear bowling pins crashing in the back. And like, yeah, I don't know why my, you know, these calls just aren't converting. <laughs> and they come back to me and they're like, why isn't this working? I'm like, well, let's, let's look at the three pillars. I don't say that, but that's the way I'm thinking of it now. So your, all of this, all of your marketing is only as good as 
someone's whoever's answering the phone or responding to clients, it's only as good as their ability to convert, right? To close the deal. So I do want you to think about that. And I do want you to acknowledge that it is a sale. It's, it's sales, right? So that role is sales, whether it's you or someone else, depending on where you're at in your practice, but you got to get that part right. You, you absolutely have to. So you want to train that person you want to track their conversion, um, in your KPIs, your key performance indicators. If you haven't already, go back and listen to that episode, The Life-Changing Magic of KPIs. That was a real hit and an episode that some people have referenced. So go back and check that out. But you need to be tracking that stuff um, and you need to be on it. That's a big part. You're, if you're paying for more traffic, you're paying for leads, you're paying for copywriting help, all this stuff, but you're not, you're not closing the deal and you're not tracking your person's ability to close the deal, well, you're really you're really missing out. You've got to get this all right, guys. Um, your con- the conversion of your assistant would just be the number of inquiries divided by um, the the those converted, or the other way around. I think. Sorry, <laughs> the number of clients converted divided by the number of inquiries would be their conversion rate. Now, what's a good conversion rate? It depends. It depends on a lot of things. Do you take insurance? Do you not take insurance? What, you know, how many hours do you open? How much availability do you have, right? Are they not converting because you don't have enough hours on your calendar to accommodate or your clinicians are mostly full and only have lunch hours or whatever, right? So there's some variables that go into it, but you basically want to establish a baseline for yourself and for your assistant and from there go, okay, what is that conversion? right now and let me monitor it over the next few weeks to establish that baseline. If you see big dips, then you approach them and and you know you can diagnose that problem in your marketing and your sales funnel and go, okay, um, the problem is here and the conversion, my my VA's ability ability to convert. So we diagnose that problem. You just pull them aside. You do some more training with them. You monitor some calls or whatever. um, Do some practice calls and you fix that part. And then you monitor that KPI over the next few weeks right? Now, if you have low inquiries, then you have an audience problem, right? Um, so that's another way to diagnose the issues. Low, low inquiries, meaning, well, you have an audience problem and or a message problem. All right. If you have high traffic, so you have a large audience, but low conversion, <clears throat> or sorry, low inquiries, screwed that up, a, a large audience or high traffic, but you have a low increase, that means your message sucks or your website sucks. So you see how easy it is to diagnose these problems if you have your numbers, you have your KPIs in front of you, or ju- you just have an understanding of, of these these three pillars of, of your marketing, right? So um, ideally, you have a very clear message, you have a, 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 a large audience, meaning you have good traffic, right? A lot of people paying attention and inquiring, and then you have a high conversion rate, meaning out of, so you have a high increase and high conversion rate, right? That would be kind of the golden, uh, a golden picture for you to have all those things um, and doing them right. So again, clarify your message, have a, have a, have a strong, compelling tagline. That's the, one of the first things that people encounter on your page. Don't clutter it up with another picture of your logo or too many pictures or, um, yeah, just, just big, bold, clear, and awesome. (laughs) That's really lame. Um, your tagline can do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. That tagline should intrigue, inspire, or excite people. That's it. It's just a little something that encourages people to go, huh, I want to know more about this thing or this practice or this website, 
whatever. Um, and then you've got to have strong, compelling copy. You got to have you got to have have it have it right. Speaking in no more than third grade language, having clear calls to action, right? Really breaking down what it is you do and how you're different. I'd rather you err on the side of brevity as well with your copy. I see too many therapists trying to do too much. So I'd rather you err on the side of brevity. Your homepage should function like a a a, a pop song. You know, it leave them wanting more. The purpose of your website is just to simply get people on the phone or to fill out the contact form or whatever. So quit trying to do too much with your website and teach them everything about mental health and a hundred signs for depression and whatever. Um, your website is basically should function like a landing page. Get your traffic right. So find different ways, both organic and paid advertising ways to get more traffic to your website. And then again, address this part about closing the deal and you will crush it if you address all these three parts. So that's what we're looking at, guys, the three pillars of marketing. I hope that was helpful. Um, and I know it took a while. It took 20-some minutes to get to that point, but hopefully you enjoyed the first part of the episode because um, I did. You know, I enjoy kind of talking like this. And someone told me last week that they felt like the show was kind of like just hanging out with a friend, and that was really cool. So appreciate that. I think that was Amber Lida. Appreciate that a lot, Amber Lida do appreciate that. Um, what else guys? Last week we had Howard Spector on the show, the CEO of simple practice. That was a fun one. And I think tomorrow, uh, no, sorry. Wednesday is Beth Medina talking about, um, brain spotting, which was wild. It's a crazy brain kind of treatment. And she did some brain spotting with me during the session, which I did not consent to but I did anyway, because I'm a good sport. Um, no, it was fascinating. And she did some brain spotting with me. I talk about my experience with EMDR and we talk about basically using brain spotting this, um, this method that uses the eyes to, to kind of, uh, target different areas of the brain to get people unstuck, um, and move, work through stuff that's happened to us. So really cool. Beth is really amazing and engaging. I think you'll enjoy that a lot. So that's coming up on Wednesday. Again, guys, register for the Get Seen Summit in Philadelphia, Friday, October 19th. That is GetSeenSummit.com to register. We got early bird pricing for the next two days. So it ends in two days from now. Today's Monday, so it ends Wednesday. Um, get in there, get your early bird pricing, and I'll see you in Philadelphia for an unforgettable event. That's GetSeenSummit.com. Free webinar tomorrow um, to promote the Get Seen Summit. That's at thejohnclark.com forward slash get seen webinar. That's thejohnclark.com forward slash get seen webinar. And finally, guys, if you would if if you want to join me and join this community that I'm building, the Business Made Human group level one still has a couple slots. Um, you can apply for that group at thejohnclark.com forward slash work with me, all one word, thejohnclark.com forward slash work with me. Um, all right, guys, that's it for now. Um, we'll see you on Wednesday for Beth Medina, and, and then I'll see you next Monday for another um, solo episode coming to you from Paris, France. Hope you guys have a great week and take care of yourselves. Be in touch. Um, let me know how I can help you, and I'll see you soon. Cheers. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the John Clark cast. I'm your host, John Clark, licensed therapist, brand builder, marketing consultant, and guide for therapists. 
I help therapists build a better business without all the overwhelm. Do us a big favor and rate, review, and subscribe to our show on iTunes. Hope you have a great week. See you next time.